Chapter Three of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Angelique G. Campbell, January two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts. Cold Comfort. Mister Murdoch came round and saw my poor grandpapa at once. He was a pompous, kind-hearted man, but proved of little service to us, being unpractical and unable apparently to grasp the hard facts grandpapa felt better and rather more hopeful when we returned to him but i feared that alcohol alone was responsible for his improved spirits i usually kept the brandy locked up because the dear old man never would understand that it should only be taken as medicine but i forgot to remove it before going for the vicar and grandpapa had helped himself here's a rum go he said as mr murdoch arrived with his face a yard long my poor friend my dear dolphin i cannot believe it i refuse to credit it read that then said grandfather kicking the agreement across the room with his felt slipper mr murdoch puzzled over it presently he dropped the thing and smelt his gloves tis an evil odor he said then he sighed and shook his head and seemed more concerned for the parish than for grandpapa that such a thing should have happened in ailing of all places as a source of unutterable grief to me muttered the vicar smother ailing piped out poor grandpapa think of me generalities are no good be practical if you can is it a ghostly hoax or a hideous fact hasn't anything of the kind ever happened before and couldn't something be done to wriggle out of it regard the thing professionally you're always talking about fighting the evil one well here's a chance to do it i shall mention the matter in my private devotions said mr murdoch mildly don't do anything of the sort snapped back grandpapa this affair shan't get about if i can help it least of all in the next world if you can't do anything definite keep quiet it must not be known i believe the thing's a paltry joke myself i don't feel a day younger not an hour we shall see i'm going to let nature take its course for six months more then i shall be a hundred and one or else only ninety if this dastardly deed speaks the truth then should i find i'm growing younger i shall take steps and see george lewis and the bishop of london and andrew clark i'll back them to thrash this thing out for me anyhow meanwhile please refrain from alluding to the subject anywhere give me some more brandy martha so mr murdoch promising to preserve absolute silence went away like a man recovering from a bad dream and grandpapa having taken a great deal more spirit than was good for him slumbered uneasily on the sofa in his dreams i could hear him wrangling with something supernatural and evidently getting the worst of the argument it's too bad i heard him say 
it's simple sharp practice to jump on an old man like me and make him sign a one-sided thing like that when he was half asleep the cook and i presently helped the unhappy old sufferer to bed then locking up the agreement i sat down to think we were alone in the world grandpapa and i he looked to me for everything and i devoted my life to him in person i was a plain woman with simple taste and a tolerable temper my life had been uneventful up to the present time but it looked as though a fair share of earthly excitement lay before me now i tried to picture the future and my brain reeled i saw my grandfather renewing his youth day by day and hour by hour i pictured him going back to his old unsatisfactory ways with nothing whatever to check him and nobody to speak a word of warning i saw time winging backwards with grandpapa and onwards with me when i was fifty-five he would be fifty when i was fifty-six he would be forty when i was fifty-seven he would be thirty and so on as his future was now definitely arranged for no existing force of any sort remained to keep grandpapa straight none at least excepting the police force he would get out of control when he was eighty or thereabouts from that time forward i shuddered for him and for myself we belonged to the lower middle class and had made a good many friends since grandpapa's reformation but now our relations with our fellow creatures promised to present some rather exceptional difficulties in fact i wept as i thought of the future if i had known a quarter of what awaited me i should probably have screamed also somehow it was borne in upon me from the first that we were faced with no imaginary problem the agreement had a genuine business-like look in spite of the loose wording this woe will last ten years i told myself then something of a definite nature must happen to grandpapa and i shall be left to go into the world once more that is if i outlive him which is more or less doubtful for his dear sake i prayed and trusted i might be spared to see him to the end of his complicated existence dull gloom and dread and misery settled down upon our once happy little establishment grandpapa appeared to lose all hope after the effects of the brandy and water passed off and he found that i had locked up the bottle as usual he eyed me as though measuring his strength against mine but he did not attempt any encounter then from that time forward he spent the greater part of his days worrying in front of the looking-glass and trying to find fresh signs of infirmity or decay he grew morose and moody and used some harsh language to me because i could not observe a new wrinkle which he alleged he had discovered any fool but you could see that i'm growing weaker every hour both in mind and body he said but the truth was that everything pointed in the opposite direction his appetite for solids improved he slept less by day he began to take notice when people called and showed little gleams of returning memory 
to my bitter regret he gave up going to church and resumed the habit of smoking tobacco he tried one of his old favorite churchwarden clay pipes but it was a failure and he told me next morning with delight that the thing had been too much for him that's a sign of growing older anyhow he declared but he was not i could see the early dawn of middle age already creeping back over him and sick at heart it made me i passed rapidly to his hundred and first birthday upon which anniversary there was a scene the beginning of a series my friend mrs hopkins called to drink tea she has a good heart and always tries to please people we have known one another for many years and she has no secrets for me she called and ate and drank and in her cheery way congratulated grandpapa upon his appearance positively mr dolphin you grow younger instead of older you don't look a day of more than ninety and i doubt if you feel as much she said very kindly bah stuff and rubbish woman i feel a thousand and look more don't talk twaddle like that it makes me sick personal remarks are always common and i'm sorry you can allow yourself to sink to em then he went out of the room in a pet and i saw that he hobbled away quite easily without using his walking sticks at all lure martha said mrs hopkins what corn have i trod on now i thought the old gentleman would have been pleased i explained that grandfather felt very keenly about his age and did not like people to imagine that he looked any younger than was in reality the case but when she went away he came down again and dared me to bring any more old women in to snicker and make jokes at his expense as he angrily put it and another thing said grandfather you can give jane and the cook warning and see about subletting the house i'm leaving ailey at the quarter day here's half a column about me and my wonderful age in the west middlesex county times i'm not going to make a curiosity and a rare show of myself in this place for you or anybody they'll have me at two sorts waxworks next we clear out of this on june twenty four i'm going back to town End of chapter three